Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Lauren Sweeney, your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. I'm excited that you are here today. And our special guest, Karen Eber, is going to bring a wealth of information about storytelling and the magic and the power of it as you build your personal brand, which, as you know, is something that is very important to us here at Rise Up For You. It's not just for entrepreneurs. It's for you if you're a leader. It's for you if you're an executive running a large company. No matter what, the magic of storytelling is going to help you move your career forward. I want to tell you a little bit about Karen. She's an international consultant and a keynote speaker. Her talk on TEDx was talking about how your brain responds to stories. This is the magic of it and why they're crucial for leaders. It also has over 2 million views. Congratulations on that. As the CEO and chief storyteller of the leadership group, Karen helps companies reimagine and evolve how they build leaders and teams, transform culture, and tell stories, all things that are important to us. And Karen, it's Karen Eber. Is that right? That is, Lauren. So nice to be with you today. Uh, So great to be with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This is going to be fun. Yes. So talk with me about the magic of storytelling. And, you know, most people, it's we're not talking about for kids. We're not talking about reading a, a children's book, but telling your story to create incredible culture, incredible impact and or build your brand. Yeah, I feel like I'm on a, a one person mission to save the world from boring meetings because so many times we sit in meetings or conversations and the time passes so slowly and the information is so boring and you leave and you don't remember anything. And with a little thought and practice, we can be much more dynamic communicators. We can inform, influence, inspire. We can connect people to new ideas. It's just a really more engaging way to communicate. Yes, I love that idea. There is many, many born meetings and now they're gone. Many meetings are virtual or, you know, companies are working in this hybrid remote environment or entrepreneurs are working to network in both, you know, real life (laughs) in person and or virtually. And that power of storytelling, the power of your message and the clarity, that is something oftentimes our our clients tell us, ah, I have so much clarity now after talking with you. Would you say that also comes through in storytelling? It does. And what's funny is I find there's this apprehension for storytelling most often because people don't know where to find an idea for a story or they don't know how to tell it. And so in their mind, it then becomes this really difficult thing. And so they just avoid it and they would rather go and rely on droning without preparing or using slides that probably aren't even appropriate for the topic. And I always want to challenge them to think about what if you took those 10 minutes and focused on the story that could be be more compelling for your audience? Like it's a huge shift. 
-hmm. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't have to be hard, but it does require a little bit of thought and intention and you will be memorable. You will be clear. You will get people to the same starting point for a debate or conversation like that alone. It's huge. It's just an underused tool that is so impactful. Okay. So you've sold us on the idea, Karen. We're in. We're thinking. super easy. (laughs) Yeah. Boom chick. (laughs) We're like, we're sold. So where do I start if I'm never, if I'm not used to using stories, if I don't know how they relate to certain meetings, where do I start? Yeah. Really, everybody thinks, what story am I going to tell? But start with your audience. Because whatever story you pick, the way you tell it, the way I might tell it to you would differ than the way I would tell it to a four-year-old or to someone in a completely different company or profession. And so you always want to start with your audience and get really clear on what is it that I know about my audience if I was going to sum them up into one or two people. And what do I want them to know, think, or do after I tell this story? Because you land on that and you're able to anchor your story in a tighter way. And you're also able to shape it however you need. So once you get clear on the audience, you can then start to mine ideas, which they are all around us. It could be something personal from your life, a a professional example or a big moment. It could be something you heard on a podcast or a favorite piece of art. It could be something that you just notice in the world. What you're doing when you get the idea is you are finding something that excites you, that you feel a connection to, and you are then using that to build out into a model that can guide that audience to what you want them to know, think, or do after. Mm, I love that. That's such a good example of how you want to think about the audience. And I think most people are scared of public speaking. They would rather jump off a plane. They would rather, they would rather talk, you know, scale a tall building. However, when I'm thinking about the audience, that is also the perfect thing. I can put my nerves into, let me impact Karen. What is it that I can do so that Karen gets the idea of who I am or what my brand is or my message and so that it sticks? What is yeah. the purpose of this meeting? So how does one prepare? You said, you know, using boring slides that don't necessarily, and we use slides as a visual since some people are visual learners, but also the storytelling does give that visual picture. So tell me more. Yeah. The um, and remind me, let's come back to audience because that vulnerability in storytelling is is important. So I want to tell a little story on that. But where you start, like where people start today when they're not thinking about telling a story, most often we open up whatever PowerPoint we have and we do the the patchwork quilt. I can use this slide and this slide and this slide and this slide, and all of a sudden I'm spending all this time like perfecting slides, but not thinking about what I want to say or what outcome I want to get. And so I always try to encourage people like just before you open anything, get really clear on what that outcome is that you want. And then even with post-its, map that out because it helps you organize your thoughts. So once you know what you want your audience to do and you take one of these ideas, you're going to use this four-part model for storytelling, which is what is the context? So you want to write out one sentence. What is the context for this story? So what's happening and why should I as a listener even care? Second sentence is what is the conflict? Where's that moment where something happens and there's tension and we want to know what, where, which direction things are going to go? What is the outcome is the third. And the fourth and the one that people don't do but is so critical is what is the takeaway? 
Because the takeaway is what's going to make sure you are building that idea and connecting it to what the idea is that you want for the audience. And so when you get the clarity on your audience and then you write out these four sentences for any of your ideas, it starts to give you a structure that makes it tighter. There's more that you'll add to that story, but in the course of about five minutes, you could do both of those things and be much better prepared than doing the PowerPoint quilt patchwork. I love that. We call it the so what, which is how we were talking in the beginning. Why do we care about storytelling? Mm -hmm. Then we give the content, right? And then at the end, the now what? You know, what are we talking about? So what? Why do you care as an audience that we're going to talk about this? And then now what do we do with this information? Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing. If you're building a meeting agenda, if you're building a webinar and you want to capture people's attention, no matter what it is, or you're perhaps doing a TEDx talk, whatever it may be, why do we care? And now what is our next best step? Mm -hmm. What is our action step? I was at a networking meeting the other day and there was a speaker and at the end, she told us, so what? And it was about exercise and why we should do it and all about her studio. And there was no now what? And I was left like hanging like, well, right. well, now what are you? Are we going to meet with you? Are we going to find out our, you know, body mass index and our muscle or, you know, whatever it is now, what, what's the next best step? And I remember telling Netta, our CEO, I'm going to make sure I have a now what in my, in my next talk. So let's give them a few more tools, Karen. How do we craft that out? You mentioned post-its, thinking ahead. What if we don't have a lot of time to plan the meeting? Yeah, so really what I find people skip over is building that framework. So if you do a sentence for those four pieces, you have a skeleton that you can use to organize your story. Most often people just jump into the story without planning. They get obsessed with details that are important to them and not to the listener. How many times have we been in a story where someone's like, I think it was Tuesday and I was going to go meet my friend. And actually, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Monday and maybe it was raining and I had this really great red raincoat on and out. No, you know, I think it was Tuesday. I'm like, you've lost your listener. This happens yeah. all the time on yeah. social media today where we're like, next, I can't deal with it. And so what you want to do is get the structure of it. Because once you get those four sentences, then you get to add in all the juicy stuff which is going to really be intentionally engaging the brain because you want to make the brain spend calories. And the way you make the brain spend some calories is by including things that are unexpected. And it doesn't even have to be an unexpected plot point. It could be an unexpected sentence. It could be something that just sounds really vivid and interesting and captures attention. Um, making our brains spend calories is what's going to make us enthralled and engaged in the story. Our brains love to anticipate. And so to the extent you can slow down that anticipation and either perhaps the way you order the story or the different things that you put into it makes the person think, oh, I, I didn't think that's what was going to happen or I didn't see it go that way. It makes a difference. Specific details, right? We remember these really great details. I heard someone give one of the moth stories and she was describing this person she had been dating and she said he was from the fruit cake, fruit cake capital of the world. And I'm like, what an amazing detail. Because that one, those three words tell you that they came from very different backgrounds. He came from a small town because big towns don't really brag about being fruitcake capitals. No. Like it's memorable. It's quirky. It added so much just 
through those words. And so when you start to make the brain spend some calories, add in unexpected items, make sure that you're building and releasing tension, which is where you are adding those unexpected things. You're including very specific details. You're making us feel like if we were there, we would see, feel, hear, smell, taste the different things that's when you not only have a solid structure, but you are starting to engage the brain and getting more of that neural activity that's going to make the story compelling and memorable. Ooh, I love that. Make the brain spend some calories. Yeah. That neuro linguistic processing and the ability for the brain to then grab onto something and make it memorable. You know, we'll often say people don't remember what you say, they remember how you made them feel. They'll remember that takeaway, which usually helps people get over that perfectionistic mindset that, oh, everything I say has to be perfect when it doesn't. So what if somebody seemed down to write their story and they're blank? They're like, Karen, I have nothing. I don't have any good stories. I do not live in the fruitcake capital of the world. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what is Los Angeles known for? I mean, <laughs> by the way, I had to look it up. Apparently there's two fruitcake capitals, but it's somewhere in Georgia. I was like, where's the fruitcake capital of the world? I now need to know this, like such a proclamation. Um, so when people don't have ideas for stories, it's usually because they are thinking too broadly. So if I say to you, tell me about growing up. You might tell me the city you grew up in or the number of siblings you had or like general stuff, right? But if I say to you, tell me of a sound that reminds you of home growing up, what does that bring up for you? Hmm. And now I'm using my senses. Tell me of a sound. So maybe my dad playing guitar. Right. What it does is it like narrows your brain. It helps your brain focus to something specific. And that's really where ideas from storytelling come in. When you can't think of an idea, it's because you were casting too broad a net. You want to put constraints in place. So you want to expose yourself to the world. It could be uh, it could be like making a list of professional experiences that you want to share, especially when you're communicating your brand. It might be um, great moments or challenging moments. It might be if you're working with clients, like what are the pain points that they face? Um, it could be that you're listening to a podcast and heard the coolest thing on it and you want to share that or that there was something in a piece of artwork. But it's it's narrowing your focus to find specific things. So a really odd example is through happenstance, I ended up at the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. So they tour across the US. There's six of these, two drivers are in each. They are college students and for a year, they are these ambassadors. And I started talking to them when I was visiting the Wienermobile and they were describing like all of the stories that passed through there from people getting married to someone seeing it for the first time to someone seeing it when it first started in like 1937. So you can find things to narrow your focus to and realize there are endless stories when you can't find something you need to use prompts to just think more specifically. Oh, I love that. I had no idea there was those mobiles. See, you're learning new things. And now I'm now things are sticking in my mind. And I'll remember when I interviewed Karen on the podcast, we had certain details. And I will remember, ah, use my senses, use certain details. I like that narrowing down of using my senses. Because yeah, that thank, you for, thank you for that and not saying, oh, it was the Wienermobile lady. <laughs> no, no, you gave a, a detail. 
because you don't actually have anything to do with that. You just brought that in as a detail so that we could remember, ah, yes, using something that's interesting or funny. I would, would you even think perhaps having a little journal of interesting facts or interesting stories so that I could pull from them when I want to make a certain point about a topic? Yeah. So I always encourage people to separate getting ideas for stories from actually creating stories because you can't create and edit at the same time. And so if you figure out wherever you want to capture your ideas for stories, wherever that place is, whether it's an app or a notebook or something, you then have a place anytime you get an idea, you're exposed to something to put it and you're not relying on your brain to remember it later. So I actually have people work through different prompts about their professional experience, their personal experience. Um, Another great one is to ask people who knew you when you were younger, like, what's your favorite thing about me? Um, And so you just start building these lists of ideas. So when it is time to tell a story, you pull out the list and you start scanning it. Often what happens is it triggers a whole other idea that feels right for the audience and what you're trying to do. So you can focus on that or you see something on the list that's helpful. But I always encourage like figure out where you're going to put your stories and then have a place to just dump it in there. So you're not thinking like, oh, that would be a great story. I have to remember it later. Oh, fantastic. So how can we find out more about you, Karen, and all the things that you have to offer? Yeah, my website is the easiest place, KarenEber.com, K-A-R-E-N-E-B-E-R. I tell a lot of stories on there and share different tips on how do you navigate this world, especially when you are trying to use stories to build leaders and shape culture within companies. Oh, fantastic. If you're listening and you can't see visually, of course, you can always go to our Rise Up For You page. Facebook page. It's Karen, K-A-R-E-N, and her last name, E-B-E-R.com. It will also be in the show notes. Well, Karen, we'd love to ask kind of a closing question, and that is, what does Rise Up For You mean to you? I think it is how you show up for yourself and the story you tell yourself, because Really, that is what gets our motivation going. And that's whether we have a good day or a bad day. The story of whether we are celebrating ourselves and feeling good and and positive or where we're letting that inner voice take up real estate in our head. And so the continual practice of showing up and telling yourself the story of who you are and who you want to continue to grow into becoming to me is what that means to rise up. Oh. I love that. And I love the work that you're doing. Congratulations on your TED Talk as well and the impact that you're making so that people can have interesting meetings, how we started the podcast and make an impact. People can remember you, which is really what you what you want or remember your point. And I think especially as a parent and an entrepreneur and the vice president here at Rise Up For You, we use stories. It's just perhaps not intentional. And so now we can bring some intentionality to the storytelling and the impact it can have. So thank you for being here today and being on our show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Such a cool topic. And no matter what phase of life you're in or what career you're in, I hope that you took something away today that you can use. And I'm going to start a little storytelling app or perhaps notes on my phone, as I know you will. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for rising up for you, for investing in your personal and professional development by listening today. 
If you would like to know a little bit more about what we do and can we support you here at Rise Up For You? Yes, we absolutely can. Did you know we have a new power coaching program? For as low as $149 a month, you can work with one of our coaches in confidence, in public speaking, in business, and in leadership. Check it out on our website, riseupforyou.com slash coursework. And we will see you on the next podcast.